I get a lot of questions about triggers from people who watch my channel. Triggers relating to their partner's past or their partner says something that gets them thinking about their partner's past. Retroactive jealousy sufferers often write to me complaining about triggers. In today's video, I wanna to respond to a viewer question with a pretty typical question relating to retroactive jealousy triggers. My name is Zachary Stockhill, and since 2013, I've been working with men and women from all over the world, helping them overcome retroactive jealousy and save their relationships. If you'd like more information about my work or you'd like to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, please visit my website at retroactivejealousy.com. All right, so I got a question from a viewer on this channel we'll call D. And D writes, quote, I have a new question about triggers. Is there a way to completely work through these? Some things that are obscure triggers I have been able to work through, but certain triggers never fail to F me up. So my question is, do I have to accept that certain things will always trigger me? End quote. Thank you for your question, D. And the long and short of it is, you may have to accept that you're never going to like certain things, but those certain things or those triggers don't have to trigger you, if that makes sense. In other words, a statement or, you know, whatever the trigger actually is, you know, if it's the way your partner says something or if it's a certain town that you visit sometimes or whatever your particular retroactive jealousy trigger is, it may never be your favorite thing in the world to think about, to experience, whatever. You may never love 100% of your partner's past, and that's okay. But when we use the word triggers, we're usually referring to our response to triggers. In other words, there's the thing and there's our response to the thing. And the thing itself, this retroactive jealousy trigger, yes, you may never love it entirely, but your response to it can certainly change over time with diligence, with patience, and with some practice. As a classic retroactive jealousy example, let's say once upon a time, your partner slept with some idiot. I mean, join the club, but that's the way the world works nowadays with casual sex and Tinder and all this craziness. A lot of us have stories like that, I'm not saying it's good or bad, but it's simply a fact of life in much of the modern world. So your partner slept with some idiot. You may never love the fact that your partner slept with some idiot, but that's okay. I don't know about you, but I'm not perfect. I would imagine your partner isn't either. And there's always going to be something about whoever we're dating that isn't our favorite thing in the world to think about, to even know, and that's okay. That's called dating. So you may never love the fact that your partner slept with some idiot, but your reaction to that not liking it, if that makes sense, your reaction to that trigger doesn't have to be as intense as maybe it's been in the past, and you don't always have to react the same way to that if you gain the right perspective and if you gain the right tools to start controlling your response to triggers. I've spoken a lot on this channel about triggers. I've got all kinds of online courses and books and guided meditation series. You can click a link in the description of this video to find information about all of my many products for overcoming retroactive jealousy. At this point, many thousands of people have found them very, very helpful. But to give you something to work with in terms of triggers, whenever you do encounter a trigger, there's two things that I want you to start doing if you're not doing them now. So the first step when you encounter a trigger is simply to pause. Take a deep breath. I know that sounds silly. I know that people tell you all the time, you know, just take a deep breath and three deep breaths and 10 deep breaths and all the rest. There's a reason because when you breathe deeply, you fill your entire lungs up with oxygen and that immediately sends an unconscious signal to your brain that we can relax, we're getting enough oxygen, everything's okay here. It's not gonna solve the problem entirely, but it's a great first step in the direction of healing. So the first step, simply pause for a moment, take a deep breath. The next step is to pay attention to anywhere on your body that feels tense. 
So the classic example I always use is back when I was struggling with retroactive jealousy many years ago, when I'd have a thought about my then girlfriend's past, I would notice that my shoulders would get kind of tense and I'd almost be like squinting or something. It took me a long time to realize that I was doing this, but with enough observation and, and patience, I eventually realized that every time I think about this, I'm, my body's reacting in this particular way. So after you pause, after you take your deep breath, realize which part of your body feels tense and then do something to kind of stretch or deliberately relax that area of your body. And this can be very subtle. No one else needs to know that you're having these feelings and that you're relaxing your body in this way. You can sh simply shift your body on your seat or stretch a little bit or do whatever you need to do. You can keep it subtle, you can keep it non-obvious. But take a moment to start breaking the link between your physical sensations and any kind of mental anxiety or mental strife that you're going through. When you do this, when you pause, when you take a deep breath, when you shift your body to relax any areas of tension or stress, this is one of my favorite ways to start getting a handle on triggers. Because it's not intellectual, you don't need to do anything too dramatic or too involved or whatever. It's a simple way to tell your actual body and tell your brain, even on a subconscious level, that everything's okay here, we're not in danger, everything's good. The next obvious step is to redirect your attention back to whatever you should be focusing on. So whether that's a conversation with your partner, whether it's your plans for the afternoon, whether it's you know your studies if you're in school or your job, whatever it is, continually repeat this process. Just keep redirecting the attention back. I wanna emphasize this is probably not gonna solve your problem entirely. Retroactive jealousy is a complicated beast, unfortunately. In many cases, that's why I've put out a video course, for example, Get Over Your Partner's Past Fast, that has, I think, 11 hours at this point. I've been adding to it uh, for a long time now. There's a lot to unpack when it comes to this issue of retroactive jealousy, but I hope you found these beginning steps, these kind of baby steps helpful, and believe it or not, they really will go a long way towards eventually working through these triggers. Thanks for listening to the Zachary Stockhill podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice. To learn more about my work on jealousy, relationships, and more, please check out my YouTube channel at Zachary Stockhill. For information about my online courses, books, and coaching service, please visit my website at retroactivejealousy.com.